we have just loved the opportunity uh, to partner with Decision Point from the beginning um, and assist them and support them in being a salt and light to combat the darkness that is so entrenched in government public schools across the country. Well, welcome to the Decision Point Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hopson, president of Decision Point, where our mission is to proclaim the gospel to the next generation until every student has heard. And we're coming to you on site from Decision Point Student Leader Conference, uh, hosted on campus at, by our friends at Colorado Christian University. Uh, this is our second annual conference this July 2023. Uh, this episode is going to air just a little bit later, but while we are live on set with one of our guest speakers who's agreed to be with us in the studio today and one of our fearless student leaders, we thought we'd go ahead and record this episode now, and we're so excited to have you with us today. Well, last week we looked at the reality that students in America today are serving behind enemy lines. And today we want to look deeper at standing for Christ today. And to share with us some good news about that, I'm pleased to welcome our guest, Brad Dacus, uh, uh, founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Brad, thanks for joining us. It's great to be on the program. Thank you, Mark. Oh, thanks for being here. Now, for anyone who does not yet know Brad or the Pacific Justice Institute, you're in for a treat. Uh, the Pacific Justice Institute handles more, is this true, Brad, actually handles more case matters, always free of charge. Uh, defending faith and family coast to coast uh, more than any other legal organization of its kind? Yes, that is correct. That's unbelievable. And yeah. Brad, you can be watched Monday through Thursdays on the Brad Dacus Live on his channel.com. Is that right? That's right. And you got the Brad Dacus, uh, the Dacus Report, I hear, on over a thousand radio stations across the country. Right. That's amazing. Well, thanks for being here with us. That's yeah, great to be on um, the program. Thank you. Brad, your book, Reclaim Your School, and your influence was a big influence in the founding of Decision Point 21 years ago, and it's just exciting to be with you all these years later. Brad, last week on our show, we looked at the fact that our society is looking a lot more like ancient Babylon, where Daniel lived as a young man. And we looked at how we're living in a world and a country where the devil and even the government of our country has a plan and a program to indoctrinate the youth of our country into the beliefs and values and lifestyles uh, of that pagan society. Uh, Brad, as you see what's going on in our country and our world today, how, how would you describe the pressures that students in our world are facing today, especially in their public schools? Nothing like it, it's ever happened before. Uh, you know, I went to public school all my life, and uh, I, you know, shared my faith, et cetera. But what we're, we're facing today um, is, I would call, a uh, spiritual genocide. And that's sort of strong language, but I think that's what we're facing in public schools throughout the, throughout the country. It's very, very difficult with the curriculum mandates, the social indoctrination from kindergarten all the way up through 12th grade uh, for a child to come out with a, a biblical worldview, uh, even if they have a Christian family. It's very uh, difficult. That said, um, it's when we have the greatest pressure, the greatest persecution uh, historically, is when the church shines the brightest and is often the precept for revival. So I, I'm very encouraged uh, to see what's happening on the macro with uh, children living their faith, sharing their faith, uh, but also specific ministries like Decision Point that are leading, uh, they're the tip of the spear, if you will, in terms of aggressively seizing these opportunities 
to reach out and evangelize uh, children who, who need this more than ever before. And Brad, you, you have been just a leader in helping everybody, including our founder, when he got this ministry going, uh, in helping people realize that public schools are an enormous mission field uh, yeah. with great legal rights that we're going to talk about for just a minute. But how, why have you always been so passionate about equipping students with their legal rights and defending students who want to be bold witnesses for Christ in their schools? Well, it actually started when I was in the third grade. Uh, believe you were in the third grade once? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was in the third grade. I had uh, just received Jesus as my Lord and Savior at my church, walked down the aisle and received Christ, and I was on fire for the Lord. Uh, you know, I was uh, just excited about it. I was reading my Bible, and uh, I noticed that the elementary school library, uh, Sumner Elementary in Claremont, to be specific, did not have a Bible. Well, the Bible's the greatest book. And it doesn't have the Word of God, doesn't have the Bible. So I talked to the librarian there, and I said, uh, how, do we, how do I get a Bible here? And she said, we have to petition for it. So she gave me a form. I filled it out, petitioned for a Bible, signed as, my name. As, as a third grader as, does. As yeah. a third grader does. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned to sign my name that year, so I'd signed my name, submitted it, and they put in a children's living Bible in that elementary school library. Hopefully it's still there. Uh, if not, then we'll, I'll circle back around. But I was uh, very uh, excited about getting out the gospel, getting out the truth at a young, as a young Christian. And uh, I never really, uh, I took, a, it, I kept going and going. And um, it's been a, a real exciting experience. And so when, when I became an attorney and, uh, you know, we started Pacific Justice Institute, the goal isn't just to defend religious freedom, parents' rights, sanctity of life. Underlying that is, my motivation, the motivation of our attorneys uh, to further God's kingdom, to mm. see people come to Christ and see ministries flourish. And that's why we have just loved the opportunity uh, to partner with Decision Point from the beginning um, and assist them and support them in be being a salt and light to combat the darkness that is so entrenched in government, public schools across the country. Well, help us learn a little bit more about Pacific Justice Institute for just a moment before we get to students' rights in particular. Okay, so what do you do? Where are you located? What services do you offer? And for goodness sakes, how much do you guys charge, okay? Yes. So I founded it back in 1997, and the God just opened the doors. So you guys celebrated 25 years recently. Just recently, yeah, 25 years. And and uh, you know, for someone who's 30 years old, that's pretty... That's really impressive. No, yeah, no. <laughs> you started in the third grade, right? Out of your school library. Yeah, I'm a little, a little older than that. But, but yeah, we started in 97 with the help of Attorney General Ed Meese. And uh, we've expanded and dramatically. So we now have 31 offices in 24 states. Uh, we're continuing to grow. We have the largest footprint of its kind of any kind of a legal ministry in the country, bar none. Amazing. Uh, we have a, a strong media presence. We don't pay for any of our media time. On, for radio, the TV programming, um, all, our, all our office space is donated office space across the country. Uh, the attorneys all have a heart for the mission, underlying mission of furthering God's kingdom. So it's uh, it's been absolutely exciting what God has done from since 97 till now. We've actually exploded uh, just in the last few years, very similarly to the way Decision Point has exploded, You're where you have offices across the country, uh, very, by God's providence, very parallel with where we have offices across the country. Uh, I just discovered that uh, just this last year. 
uh, how uh, just how God's providence seemed to well, we've sure been that grateful out. for that because we've been launching into new areas. We were like, man, we need Brad's help here, and then you guys show up in that town, and it's been just tremendous. Yeah, I, my goal is I want to make sure that Satan has no place to ever go for vacation in the United States of America. Uh, that no school board, no school district is immune uh, from uh, being challenged and and uh, and people of faith defended, and that's what we're doing. And, and we just love our partnership with Decision Point. And it was exciting how, uh, you know, that, that first book we came out with, Reclaim Your School, uh, it was distributed on how to evangelize schools. Warren Willis, the founder of Decision Point, he read it. We talked about how to do a revival rally. And uh, he called me. I said, well, actually, we're doing our first one uh, at a high school in two weeks. He came up. He saw it. He had the vision. And boom, Decision Point was born. And uh, it's, it clearly has the hand of God in it. Uh, that's the only way you can explain how it has taken off, um, not just for organizational development purposes, but for actual results in seeing people coming to Christ uh, in, um, in incredible ways. Uh, and uh, it should be an encouragement to everyone out there not to be discouraged and think for some reason uh, the raptures happened and you were left behind, because <laughs> um, that's sort of the mindset yeah. of the church today. Yeah. But no, we've got great opportunities. Well, and let's talk about some of those opportunities. I mean, it's dark today. We all see all the problems that we're up against, but you got good news that it's still legal in America. Talk to us, dispel some of the myths about what um, students, people think students can't do, but what students can do to legally bring the gospel to their whole school. Yeah, and there's there's so many opportunities to do that. And I will say right off the bat also, um, we at Pacific Justice are helping churches start church homeschool co-ops. We're defending private schools across the country and empowering them, many of them to open when they were shut down. Uh, but even if someone is an avid homeschooler or avidly behind private schools, you cannot forget those left behind in the spiritual death camps. Jesus would not forget those left behind in the spiritual death camps of public education. So no matter where we are in our philosophy of education, we cannot forget those in our public schools. So there's so many opportunities that exist, and we talk a lot about it in our, in our book, Reclaim Your School, which can be downloaded for free on our website, pji.org, pji.org. I want to mention that because I often forget it. Yeah, we're going to put the link to that book in the show notes at the end, because every if we could put that in the hands of every pastor, parent, teacher in America, we would do it in a heartbeat. That book is, we've passed it out like hotcakes, like it's going out of style. Thank you. So. And we've been updating it, and we keep it updated so people can download it for free, and they'll get an updated version when they download it. But uh, there's so many things that, that students can do. First off, individually, uh, they have solid uh, free speech rights. They cannot be punished. Uh, some teachers say that students have to uh, do a paper, say, arguing in favor of gay rights, for example, or abortion. Student has a right to say, you know, no, I, I can't do that. That violates my conscience. And in fact, the Supreme Court of the United States has given us incredible decisions over the last two years uh, for faith and, and pro-life and parents' rights. And just the recent case dealing with a web design uh, company that did not want to have a uh, service, a, a, a same-sex wedding, they were protected, not because specifically their religious convictions, it was much broader. It was their free speech rights not to have to be forced by the government to say something that they didn't believe in. So students have that right in our public schools across the nation. They have the right to pass out gospel tracts. 
Uh, we helped a gentleman who was up in near Seattle. He was into drugs and just the, the you know just the, the the wrong side of the tracks. He was invited to a youth conference or something along those lines. Came to Jesus on fire for Jesus, passing out his testimony, passing out the gospel, and the schools uh, warned him three times and then suspended him from the school district. We stepped in, we sued, and he won. And the judge says, you cannot prevent kids from passing out information. That's their speech. And it was a powerful decision, and we've seen cases like that. So individual students have tremendous rights. And of course, what really takes it even higher on steroids is when students form Christian clubs, and they have special powers under the Equal Access Act. It's like a gold key that allows them to go in and do incredible things like full-blown revival rallies, baccalaureate services on campus, uh, you know, bringing in ministers, outside speakers. Uh, the, the, uh, the school is their oyster for evangelism, and it's all legally protected, and we are there to back them up uh, all the time without charge. So, I mean, when we talk to students about their legal rights, we, we don't know whether it's simpler to train them of what they can do or to just say, wow, what can't they do? I, I think mean, that's I think that's better said, actually, what they can't do. What they can't do is um, evangelize and pass out gospel tracts while the teacher is teaching the classroom. Um, they need to be respectful of they the teacher. They let the teacher teach. Yeah, we don't have many of those kinds of situations happening, yeah. really. But you know, just for the record, uh, if you don't want to take the test, you can't pass out gospel tracts instead of taking the test. You got to take the test, you know, boys and girls. That was my ace in the hole. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they have to do that. They also need to be uh, careful not to engage in direct um, attacks on any group, if you will. So, uh, well, no, no, let's dig into that. Obviously, anybody could say, well, if you disagree with our lifestyle, you're attacking me. Uh, it, it goes much deeper than that, right? Yeah, it's it's speech that is you know hateful in nature, where they're uh, using pejoratives um, against a, a group or a person. Uh, but as far as like you know sharing, saying having say an ex an ex gay coming to their school to speak in the assembly sponsored by the Christian Club or the Decision Point Club, and uh, sharing their testimony about what God did and how He set them free and and what was the lie they were believing and what's the truth, that's protected. That's totally protected. Uh, and so students have, they don't have to be silent about what the Bible says about these issues, uh, but they just need to do it in a non-argumentative um, way, uh, not in a way of accusatory, um, you know, using pejoratives. Uh, but Christian students don't do that. Uh, they're just, just getting, having, having Christian students feel, just have the confidence just simply to say, um, this is what I believe. Um, this is what the Bible says. I mean, that, that alone is a huge mo uh, landmark. Absolutely. So talk to one step further. I want to go one step deeper on a couple of these things. We train students in a, in a challenge called Go Witness. We want to train students to just go share the gospel at their school. And I was reading one of your books that said, okay, students can not only share the gospel on campus, but even if they happen to witness to the local ACLU president's son and he's offended and he goes home and tells his dad, this kid witnessed to me today and I was offended, is that... Christian kid in trouble. No, they're not in trouble. And why not? Because actually the Supreme Court held that just because speech is offensive, um, it's still protected by the First Amendment, even if it's offensive. Offensive speech is protected. Speech that is threatening violence is not protected. You know, liable slander, not protected. But just because something offends, offends people, that's why we have the First Amendment. 
It's not to protect speech that everyone loves. We wouldn't have to have a First Amendment, a free speech clause. It's to protect speech that is highly offensive or objectionable to the masses and the majority. Uh, we've gone to bat. We've defended pastors preaching on street corners who are being criminally prosecuted. Before the pandemic, about 30% of all our cases were defending pastors and ministers preaching the gospel in public places. But it's, it is protected. We win these cases. And, uh, and in fact, usually it just takes a, a legal opinion letter from the Pacific Justice Institute, and everything quickly shifts in the right direction. I love it. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Noah, a student in the San Francisco Bay Area who actually contacted your office, Brad, to get help with this campus outreach effort. So we'll stay tuned. I'm joined today by Noah from Palo Alto, California. Noah, good to have you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So, Noah, tell us, what, uh, what grade are you in? Uh, I am going into junior year. Going into your junior year. That's amazing. In high school. Yes. Okay. Uh, all your stories, it sounds like you could be in college by now. <laughs> hey, you've been a leader for Christ at your school for quite a while. When did you yes. first decide to get involved as a leader to reach your school for Jesus? So I first decided to get involved in sixth grade. In sixth grade. Yes. So one of my friends was making a club at our middle school and... Um, he asked me to be one of the officers and he was partnering with Decision Point. So like, like I was also like partnering with Decision Point through that. I love that. And that was, that was JLS middle school. Yes. I hear that's a pretty well-ranked middle school in California. Yes. Uh, man, I'll never forget the day that, uh, your buddy, uh, Daniel reached out to our yeah. staff and said, Hey, I, I, I want you to know, I'd love to start a Christian club at my middle school. Mm -hmm. uh, really feel called to this. And I just want you to know, uh, I'm willing to die for Jesus. So if you mm -hmm. could help me get a Christian club going yeah. in my middle school, I'd love to help, you know? So that's a great guy to be partnering with. Yes. So you, tell us, you got, um, you were leading outreach at your school in middle school, mm -hmm. and then you get to high school. Did you just keep going or what, what happened once you got to high school? Um, so my freshman year actually was the year right after COVID. So basically, I started the club uh, second semester of sophomore year um, and like freshman year. And then the first half of sophomore year was all like it was all like the fear and doubts, like like coming in, like right after COVID, like all like those anxieties that I had, like, oh, why should I be doing this? Like I did this in middle school. Like, I'm not so sure anymore. Like, am I really supposed to be doing this? Well, tell us, what were some of the, the, the biggest fears or just things that were, you were grappling with as you're there deciding, do I want to do this again? What were some of the biggest things that you were counting the cost on? During COVID, like, it felt really dry, like, my faith and, like... It was a hard season, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it was really hard. And, like, um, the members also, like, it was very, like, dry. And it's like, like, oh, uh, like, should I, like, how do I get them, like, more, like, on fire for right. God? And, like, doing it now, like, if I were to do it in freshman years, like, could I be doing the same thing as, like, a freshman? Could I be doing the same thing as, like, a sophomore? Like, I'm still an underclassman. Like, am I still able to, like, how am I supposed to, like, lead people if I'm, like, younger than them in that sense? Yeah. And, well, that, and, we really admire how you counted the cost there. Yeah. What, uh, what made you decide to just finally go for it? I asked during a retreat, like that winter of sophomore year, I asked one of my past, one of the guest speaking pastors, like, oh, I feel like I'm getting called into like leading the Christian club. I don't really want to do it. Like, what should I do? 
And the answer that he gave me. Run to Nineveh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was kind of, and I was, that was what I was trying to do, actually. Like, but the answer that he gave me was begrudging obedience is better than disobeying. And that really like hit me as like, I didn't want to hear that answer. It was like, I know it's right. I need to follow. And, That's awesome. Well, yeah. way to go. And I've known you a bit to, enough to know that uh, the joy and the wholehearted mm -hmm. nature of that obedience, I'm sure, came soon yes. thereafter. So you started a club at your school this year. Yes. And you got uh, you got your club started. Mm -hmm. You decided you want to lead a big outreach effort at your school, mm -hmm. submitted uh, that for approval at your school. And I hear things kind of got a little interesting after that. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So basically, I submitted everything, all the applications. I made like a Google Slides on like what like the plan is, and they were like, "This is uh, proselytizing," and like, um, "No, not you, that." Like, you can't do that, and like, it's like, um, like we have to set like. Unfortunately, we have to like deny your um, your event like for this year. And it's like, what? <laughs> like what? Like, I don't think that's how it goes. So I contacted Pacific Justice Institute. And they, um, one of their lawyers responded and like they were helping me out with, um, or like they sent an email and that email had like a document and that document was like so cool. I go, I feel like it was so cool. Like reading it. So over, tell what was the document? Um, it was, oh, it was telling like, like this is like what you're doing is illegal. And like, it was telling like. This was to your school administrator. Yes, to my school administrator, to my uh, principal and to the students uh, event coordinator. And uh, it was basically saying, like, uh, this stuff is illegal. Um, this, like, here are, like, it was like a full-on essay. It was like, here are the reasons why um, this is illegal. These acts, like the Equal Access Act, says that this is um, legal and that he can do this. And, um, like, we ask you to, like, or, like we tell, kind of, like, tell you to, like, uh, let, it, let, it, let it happen. And it's really cool because they sent it, um, uh, Friday, where we had like a holiday, right? Uh, it was like a three-day weekend, and it was the Friday, and it was like at noon, I would say. And like an hour later, they responded back saying, "Like, like you're good to like you're, you're good, good to go." go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we reversed our decision. Like sorry, and like you you can go on with your event. And, like, and here's some red carpet you can walk. <laughs> to, right? Yeah. So Brad, tell us about these letters. That's quite a letter, and that's uh, do, you, do all your letters get answered within an hour? Not always within an hour, but I will say more than nine out of ten of the uh, cases that we take on, uh, that letter is is enough. And one of the reasons is because we have a, such an established reputation among the public schools, especially in states like California. They know who we are. They know our our track record of of winning. And so now, when we send you know a letter like that, that usually takes care of it. Um, mm -hmm. And tell us, I mean, how how mean and how ugly and how threatening are these letters? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't call them mean and ugly, but I will say, but threatening, yes. Uh, well, I've, always, I've always admired how you guys are are very polite and clear, and yeah, we're just very like this is what the law is, and you need to do what the law says, and, and allow religious freedom in your your schools, allow these Christian clubs to do what. God God's called them to do, you know, um, and and if you don't, uh, you know, we'll we'll take legal action. And and if you, I don't, I don't know if you still do it, but admired years ago. You'd, and if and if um, you ever encounter any trouble, Mr. Principal, in upholding students' religious liberties, we'll defend you free of charge. And... Oh yeah, we 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 don't want to burn bridges. Yeah. So we make it really clear, 
and we do the homework. So it's not like just a you know two short paragraphs. We give them all the information they need. We put all the cards on the table. So when they look at it and their their attorney for the school district looks at it, it's it's clear, clear cut what they need to do. Uh, and then we will uh, go to bat for them. And if a school district goes in the wrong direction and they correct themselves, uh, we'll salute them publicly and say, hey, we salute this school district for quickly correcting this and doing the right thing. And uh, their school leadership is you know, as an example for other schools to follow and da-da-da-da-da. So we, we don't want to burn bridges. We're, we're attorneys. Yes, we have fangs. We realize that. Um, but we, we try to be have friendly. But you, but you chisel them down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but we try to be, you know, be, be, uh, we don't try to be destructive with relationships because we also want that Christian club to have a, as good a rapport, positive rapport with those in the administration. And, uh, and that's often all that, all that it takes. You know, I remember back when I was in high school, um, I had a legal group. I had to send a demand letter actually from a law firm when they wouldn't allow me to start my club that I was starting. And, uh, and that, that was all that was needed. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it really works and it's worked for, for years now. And, uh, but the main thing is that we need to be always ready to back it up uh, with litigation if necessary. And the other side knows that. So no, tell us, I mean, how's that feel in the moment? You're a sophomore in high school. You're in Palo Alto, not a Christian-friendly town. You're trying to do something big at your school. You're getting a total stonewall to have a group like Pacific Justice have your back. Uh, and then to get the victory, I mean, how does that feel? It feels really great. Like, it feels like, wow, like, this is, like, so awesome. Like, God works through so many, like, it worked through Pacific uh, PJI, and it worked through, um, like, it softened the hearts of, like, the administrators to allow, like, yeah. all this to happen. Yeah, nice to know you're not alone, right? Yes, it is. So you went, okay, so it wasn't just to win that battle. You really wanted to share the gospel. Yes. And I understand you guys had uh, a huge outreach week. Uh, what I mean, what was the impact of the outreach efforts that you guys got to lead? Can you tell us what you guys did and how you saw the Lord work through it? So it was Wednesday and Thursday. Both days we had um, like basically like an altar call, like whoever wants to um, receive Christ, like stand up or like raise their hand or something, like everybody eyes closed and that kind of stuff. And by the end of it, we had, um, I think six people gave their life to Christ and like 15. Teen people like recommit. Wow. wow. And like, that's amazing. And like, absolutely I, amazing. Like, it was like, whoa, like, I, I couldn't believe, like, I can't believe it. Like, God, like, God working through like this, like, from the beginning, like, me not wanting to do this, and now, like, seeing like those six people, uh, like, give their life to Christ, it was really amazing. And then wow. I understand you had a friend um, that really got impacted. Can you tell us about your yes. buddy? So basically, he's one of my friends from wrestling. And um, he came to the second day of the outreach, uh, and he bring a bunch of his friends, like, and they just sat in, uh, like, listened, and uh, we had like a we had like the response cards, right? And like on the card, like he said, um, I re recommitted my life um, at like, and like he goes to church, um, and then so I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, so I invited him to. Um, my church gospel night uh, that next, that Friday actually. And um, it turns out, like I was just talking to him and it turns out like he, like on the response card, um, he, de like, he doesn't really go to church. It was more like a, he 
like goes to church like Easter, like uh, occasionally. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. And like uh, we went through like with the gospel night and doing that. And we were like, we were sitting in the front row. Um, and my pastor like was like, if you want, like he was like praying, right? And like, he was like, if you want to like accept Christ and like, if you want this to happen, uh, stand up. And I was sitting there praying and I was like, whoever stands up, I hope that they have like a genuine heart and like they're really doing this. And um, like, he was like to my left, right? And like, he stood up and like, like in my seat, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? Like he's standing up like, whoa, like this is so cool. And like, um, and then afterwards, like, what just happened? Like, there's so much, like, so many feelings that I had in that moment. It was, like, joy and, like, so much, like, um, whoa, like, God, you're so good. Like, you you do amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was amazing. I love it. Well, Caden, last question for you. I, I know a lot of students hit that kind of uh, brick wall that you hit, whether administration is telling them no, either for starting a Christian club in the first place or for hosting an outreach, or for promoting their outreach, or for sharing the gospel, or, or giving out Bibles on campus. And it's a it's a decision I think a lot of students come to, to say, okay, am I going to call it good here? Am I going to back off? Or am I going to keep going to get access to my legal rights? What would you say to any student that's in that point of decision of trying to figure out if they're going to lean forward and keep pushing forward to get access to their legal rights. And even what would you say to somebody considering contacting Brad's office uh, for that help? I would say just do it. Like I just had to like, what, like pray and like uh, trust in God. Whereas like um, Pacific Justice Institute, they did all like the heavy lifting. Like they, they did all like the contacting the principal and the administration and saying like, uh, you can't do this. And like, they did all like the legal stuff. Like all I had to do was say yes. And like to trust in God. Noah, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for your leadership. Thanks for your service for the Lord. We're honored to have you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break and we get back. We're going to hear some closing words from Brad Dickens. We'll be right back. Are you a Christian student? Do you want to make an impact for God? Are you compelled to want to see your peers experience new life in Christ? God can bring an awakening in our time. And maybe you're there and you want to be a part of it, but don't know where to start or don't want to do it alone. I want to encourage you. You can have a big vision and a simple game plan to see every student at your school get the opportunity to hear the gospel before they graduate. It's possible. Apply today to be a Decision Point leader. Go to decisionpoint.org slash students. That's decisionpoint.org slash students. And when you sign up, you'll be equipped with everything you need to reach your school with the gospel. And get this, when you sign up, you'll even get your Decision Point box in the mail with your student leader guide and so much more. So don't miss out. Be a part of the bigger movement of students across this nation and start reaching your school. Hey, maybe you're already a Decision Point leader. Check out those first five club meetings and What's the Point club series in your student leader guide. You can lead these two club series at your campus to kick off starting to reach your school with the gospel. Hey, and I know what it was like to be a club leader and sometimes throwing together something the night before. That doesn't have to be you this year. Take advantage of these free resources to really mobilize Christians on campus to reach your whole school for the gospel. 
get these free resources, go to decisionpoint.org slash students. That's decisionpoint.org slash students. We have a big God, so let's go after it. Go after this mission field. Trust our God for big things and go proclaim the gospel till every student has heard. Hey, well, welcome back. Well, Brad, wasn't that great to hear from Noah? Yeah, it, it I mean, is. that must fill you with so much joy to know as you guys are there being lawyerly and all that, you're helping students like Noah share the gospel. I mean, how does that feel to hear this? It is, it is such a joy. It really is. Um, the bottom line, what lasts for eternity uh, is our souls, people coming to Christ. Uh, you know, we have a lot of th- great things in our lives, in this world, in our country. But at the end of the day, it's people coming to Christ. And the great, exciting thing is, Mark, is that window in high school, junior high, high school, um, that is a window. It, it lasts for just a short time, but it's probably one of the greatest opportunities to share Christ, and and people at that stage in life are often the most open to receiving and giving their lives to Christ. Their, their hearts aren't hardened. They don't feel jaded. Uh, it's, it's a great opportunity. And the thing is, this you know Noah had, had a great story, and this is just one out of many, many stories that you at Decision Point are doing all throughout the country. It is so exciting to see the harvesting that's taking place for the kingdom uh, and what Decision Point is doing. And for us at Pacific Justice, our partnering with you guys is a privilege. It's a joy and a privilege, and we will go as far and as long as we need to to serve and make sure your ministry is reaching the fullest potential that God has appointed for it here in the United States. Well, we couldn't be doing it without you. That's a lot of kingdom ROI for a legal opinion letter. I mean, students are in heaven, you know? Yeah, I mean, mean, you can't get better than that. No, that's awesome. You really can't. So uh, we heard from Noah why he decided to take the stand and not just take the no for an answer. Um, Talk to us from your perspective. Why should students take that stand? I mean, they're being told no. Uh, Students know they need to be respectful. They know they're commanded even by the Bible to be respectful to those in authority. It can feel very disrespectful to, you know, keep pushing or to get the lawyers involved. But you even make a a biblical case for why as Christians or students in public schools should continue to take the stand, even when principals are telling them no. How would you define that case? Well, you know, the Apostle Paul is a great example. Many people think, oh, he's the Apostle Paul, and wherever he went, people just fell over and just gave their their lives to Jesus. Right. No. <laughs> the guy had tremendous pushback. Right. Uh, and uh, I love in, in Acts chapter 22, it's a, one of the, my favorite places to preach from. Um, he gives an example. He gives his testimony. And then when they go to stop him and silence him, uh, they, he says, hey, um, you know, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who's a Roman and uncondemned? So he uses in the question form, he lays claim to his rights as a Roman citizen to be able to share the gospel publicly. And he prevails, uh, and they and he's defended, and they, they hold off, and they don't scourge him. Uh, he could have just said, oh, okay, I'm not wanted here. I have some resistance. I'll be quiet. That's not the example of the early church. That's not the example of the disciples. They use their rights in a godly way, in a respectful way, to live and share their faith, and they never stopped. And yeah, they suffered persecution, right. but they never, ever stopped. And yes, we will have persecution. That's the promise. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 uh, says, uh, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 
So we need to expect that, but we also need to know something else. If we don't share the gospel, if we hold back and we live in what I call comfort Christianity, which is consuming the church today, um, we will not experience the full joy Mm. that God has for us as Christians. We want to live life to the max. We want the joy of of life to the max. We need to, to cling to the Lord and we cling to the Lord, and we'll have the, the strength to live for the Lord and experience yep. life and joy to the yep. max. And, you know, as I think about even students using their rights, I think, you know, we're all going to be accountable to the Lord for how, what we do with the things that he's given us for his kingdom. And, well, I mean, he's given us, the laws are in our favor in our country. So to just say, well, I can't, my principal said no. It's like, well, so we're going to stand before the Lord and say, I gave you all the laws in your favor, and Brad, there, Brad was there to help you. You, yeah. you should have called him. You yeah, know? We're, we're, we're right there. Yeah. You know, just one of our final questions here. What would you say to parents of students? Because I know in these moments, like Noah was sharing with us, the students are counting the cost about contacting your office, but the mom and dads are as well. And I know that's, as we talked to parents, that's a big fear. And as a parent, I get it. I mean, I, I, I don't want to alienate the principal. I want to be respectful. And I also don't want that, to have a target on my kids' back for the rest of high school. They may be freshmen or sophomores, lots of years ahead. What would you say to any parents of students who they're counting the cost on having their kid, their son or daughter, contact your office for help like Noah did? Yeah. If you know, they want to protect their child. But if the child or their teenager is silenced and intimidated, that will impact them for the rest of their life. Mm. They will have it down early. You better keep your faith to yourself. And if they do keep their faith to themselves, they will not enjoy life to the max. Mm. So it's, it's actually very important for parents to, to do that. They need to be respectful to the administration. Um, and it's also okay for parents to say, and by the way, uh, you know, thank you for allowing my child to have their event or do whatever. And um, I just also know and trust that you'll work hard to make sure that, that, he, that my child is not receiving any pushback or harassment or belittlement or any kind of cold shoulder from any of the teachers uh, here in this school. Because I know that was, is something that you as an administrator would not uh, allow as a progressive it, administrator like yourself, yeah, we, I'd yeah, never tolerate. Yeah, that tolerance is yeah. very important. I know in your administration, your, your, as a principal here, and I just want to thank you upfront for the work yeah. that you're going to do to make sure that that uh, there's uh, that that kind of tolerance is exhibited uh, in all my child's classes and all the teachers in a very positive expectation way. Yeah. And of course, the principal will say, "Oh yes, yes, of course," um, and then and then uh, that uh, usually takes care of it. Sometimes. There are some uh, some teachers out there who cross the line. We have to step in, uh, but in the end, that actually gives more boldness and courage to young people. At the end of the day, um, Noah had some pushback, but at the end of the day, uh, Noah came out of it stronger and more equipped, and I'm more confident to live and share his faith, which I know God's going to be using in the years yeah, and days ahead. Noah is a stud. Yes. So, Brad, thanks so much for being here. I know this is just one of thousands of cases you guys are handling across the country to help students and teachers and parents and pastors defending religious liberties to protect them and actually to advance the gospel. So thanks so much for your incredible ministry uh, at uh, Pacific Justice Institute and your partnership with Decision Point since day one, since before day one. uh, How can people learn more about uh, Pacific Justice and how can they contact you if they need your help? It's really easy. They just simply can go to our website, pji.org, pji.org, or they can simply text 
uh, PJI uh, to the number 7154 It's a 71-year-old man having lunch with a 54-year-old woman, and there's a one-year-old in the high chair. That's how I remember it. 7154 one. I'm not even going to ask where you got that mental image, but thanks That's for that. That's the best I could come and up we with. Will, uh, we'll put that in the show notes so everybody has both of those as well. Uh, friends, thanks for joining us. You can also visit decisionpoint.org slash legal rights, decisionpoint.org slash legal rights to see some really helpful materials that our staff put together with Brad's staff that help document all the legal rights that we've talked about today. Well, friends, join us next week. We're going to uh, look at how to live lives of radical devotion to Jesus and our world today. We're going to actually look at some missionary heroes of mine who lived several hundred years ago, and we're going to ask a simple question. What is it that could motivate someone to sell themselves as slaves to reach slaves for Jesus Christ? And how can we live with that kind of focus on God's purposes and devotion in our world today? So you're going to want to join us next week. In the meantime, help us spread the word about this podcast. Here's how you can help. Uh, you can uh, follow us. You can rate, review. Uh, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know how we can pray for you or how the show's impacting your life. Uh, so write to us at podcast at decisionpoint.org. Uh, while you're there, leave a five-star review if you would. Tell something about what you like about the show. And please share it with others on your leadership team and your Christian club, uh, with parents, with pastors, your youth group, uh, and put it on your social media. We can't wait to see you next time as we continue to stand for Christ and his purposes in our world today. Thanks. Thanks.